On this episode of Winning with Connections, I connect with Jenny Stone, the CEO of Partner Forces, one of our great teaming partners, and also a female leader who has become a good friend and a part of my support system, my village. We're talking about being a female leader, what that means differently than just being a leader. And hopefully we have some advice for up and coming women in business, women leaders, and hopefully male leaders as well for this Women's History Month recording. So Jenny, it is so great to have you on the program today, the podcast today. We have known each other probably, what, one or two years at this point. I think we met because one of my vice presidents was like, hey, you're going to really need to know this woman. She's running a great firm and you guys are going to get along really, really well. And he was right. And so <laughs> you've, I will say from my perspective, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've become kind of one of my close friends and colleagues within this crazy space that we live in as a female leader in GovCon. And I think we ping off of each other a whole lot in terms of not only what happens as a CEO in the GovCon space, but what happens as a, as a female leader of a firm that is growing and, and managing a whole lot of both the corporate side of things, but also just the personal side of things too. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you during Women's History Month to talk a little bit about what it feels like to be a female leader in in business. Oh, no, I'm so thankful to Andre, your vice president, who his spidey senses, his matchmaking senses were right on. And, you know, to your point, you know, I think we bonded over business, but we really bonded over talking about our families and our parents and all of the other dynamics that come into play as women leaders that just infiltrate our lives and therefore our business lives. So I think that's absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah. You know, I, I try not to oftentimes think of myself as a female leader, but just a leader in business. And sometimes that's true, right? We we see a lot of the same challenges, I think, as other leaders. And, you know, we've had conversations when we were doing the the stuff with Stan McChrystal in particular around leadership challenges within this space and, and share some of the similar challenges. But there are specific things that I think matter for women in business that we're trying to to manage. So Yeah. And you know, and you know it's like for the challenges and then there's the opportunities, I think, that we have maybe some different ways of going about things that also, if you lean into those things, can really benefit the organization, right? So it's like both sides. Right, right, um, right, right. That that I think is so true. And, you know, I still, to your point, struggle sometimes with people, when people ask me, what does it mean to be a woman leader? Because I haven't for the longest time thought about that. But you know, being a mom, really having children and being a mom to daughters and some of the movements over the last couple of years that really pushed these issues to the forefront. I think I'm kind of a late feminist, if I can say that, if that's the proper right. way to say that, because I just hadn't done a lot of thinking. But now I'm I'm so much I'm so inspired by the women who are really highlighting some of the, you know, 
challenges that women have historically faced in business and not just, you know, women like us, you know, women, people of color, all of that, the coming to the forefront has just been such a learning lesson for me, but then also really made me reflective on how I got here, some of the things and obstacles that maybe I didn't even take time to realize there were obstacles, but really did add increased stress to me uh, as I was growing in this profession. So I'd, I'd just been really reflective over the last couple of years. And I think it's really, like I said, around the younger generation and then also being a mom to daughters, that's made me more, more reflective on these topics. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think for the longest time, first of all, I didn't, I was better friends with men than women. And I always got along, still oftentimes do with men rather than women, just because they they tended to focus on the things that I cared a lot more about than women. I, I just, I'm, I'm not a typical, you know, shopping never really interested me. You know, those, those things that some women bond over, I never found those things. And I just figured it was easier to be friends with, with men. And I found myself over the years having almost entirely male mentors. And then I stopped maybe three, four years ago, I stopped and went, wait a second, I have no female mentors. I'm now surrounded by peers. And I think I have gotten much more comfortable working around women and being friends with with women um, and finding women who are in the same kind of space that I am, the same headspace that I am. But I still found myself with no female mentors. Yeah. And it shocked me. It kind of turned around and went, wait a second. And it was never conscious that I didn't have them or that I didn't seek them out, but I didn't consciously seek them out. And I think it was harder to find them than it was male mentors. And I think, you know, the male mentors were fairly easy to kind of quickly align with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a numbers game too, Lauren. I mean, we can't take for granted the industry that we're in. And just from a pure number standpoint, there's going to be more, there have been historically more men leaders in certain roles to even be mentors than there have been women, right? So I think that's part of it. Absolutely. And I also think that, um, I, and I totally feel the same way. I mean, I I am fortunate that I have a number of good women friends from college that are all in business and have had careers and we have a lot in common. You know, those friendships date over 20 years, but then like in my community itself, day to day, I have felt a little bit different because I didn't have, feel like I shared all the interests and the same interests and Actually, you know, I don't, I, I, maybe you're more of an extrovert than me, but I, I'm very introverted socially. But when it comes to like things I care passionately about, like, like the business that we're in, like my family, I can be an extrovert. So like I felt like I could totally bond with anyone and be more energetic and, and got energy from talking about business and being with business right. people. And yeah. I think that that just, I just gravitated because there were more men that were in. That, that thought the same way and that, that we're in business. I just typically to date have had have more male mentors like you and more male colleague friends. But now, I mean, what's crazy and what's awesome is that without even making a conscious effort, partner forces is 70% women and right. having that female energy um, in business, you know, having these leaders of all levels has been awesome and has been a gift. So now I don't, I can't imagine what it was like before. Right. And so it's just interesting. 
It's funny. And I, you know, it's, it's funny there, even well before I started the company, kind of, there was always, there, there were some women who were very much a, shied away from reaching down and pulling up other women. Yes. Right? I, I think that that generation above us, there was some scarcity mentality there of like, it's only me, like, there's only one that's going to get somewhere. So it's going to be me and I'm going to have sharp elbows and I'm not pulling anyone else along with me. Whereas I think the reason that, that sometimes we have more peers than mentors that are female is because there's more of a community mentality now. Yes. Rather than that scarcity mentality of like, I'm going to push you down so that I can get up into the one position for, for females that, that they're going to allow for. I mean, and not to say that there weren't women, uh, you know, the generation above that weren't wonderful to me and didn't, didn't right. help. They did, but it was so much less so that I've seen more peers and I've been really, I've been really energized by my peers in business yes. than I have by mentors in business. And I lean on that peer group for so much more than business because it's, and I don't think this is just a female thing here, but I do think females have it a little bit more pronounced. Everything kind of intertwines in yeah. ways that, I, you know, I'll, I'll text you and turn around and say something about the business, but just as likely I'm texting you and saying, wow, I just had this really difficult issue with my parents. Yeah. You know, have you ever dealt with this? And we're all kind of yeah. dealing with, or the kids, the you know, raising daughters, all that that entails and all of the drama that comes with that. Sometimes all of that interplays with each other in ways that I think may be more compartmentalized with male leaders. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good, I think that's probably right. You know, and I also think it's generational too, right? So like the, I see more of, I think it more, I think it comes more naturally to women to talk about yeah. their, their what quote, non-work life into life. Like, I think that just, it flows more naturally yeah. and it just maybe takes a little bit longer for men to get comfortable. But I will say that like, I've been really impressed by this next generation of men too, because you know, I feel like in a lot of the relationships that I see that men are equal partners, equal parents, and that they bring a lot of the same priorities and balancing more. I see them balancing more, almost like traditionally women balance. I'm seeing more and more of that, which I think is awesome because I think you and I both know that like without our spouse, like incredible partners, like we wouldn't have been able to do the things we were able to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we could go off. That's a whole separate podcast we could talk about. I mean, seriously about like choosing the right partner and, you know, all of that. And then the community that lifts you up, that allows you and supports you to be able to lead the company and, and to, to be the leader of your company. And so I think that's interesting. I don't know. There's, there's a whole lot to unpack. You know, I really do think though, that there's so much shame around like whip, like, it is like shameful when you see women now that don't support women. And I don't see that, uh, but I yeah. mean, that would be like, that is like red letter, yeah. scarlet letter material, right? right? Because we yep. now, like, that's just not the way to operate. And I think a lot of it has just been brought to light, like education on these things that were happening and shining light on some of these things that were happening that, and it's not just women that created that, right? It was, 
it was the context, it was the environment that women operated in that there was some quota system or a perceived quota system. So I, I don't I don't blame and judge the women that did that. But now I think when now that we've entered this environment and thankfully we've matured and we have all this oppor- more opportunity and not to say that there isn't still work. It's really it does become shameful if, if you see that kind of behavior or feel that kind of behavior. Yeah, no, that Madeleine Albright quote is is kind of seared in my mind of there is a special place in hell for women who don't help other yes. women because again, this this idea of scarcity, this idea of there's only so much to go around. I don't know. I mean, I'm able to turn around and help you, even though you might be competing against us at some point, turn around and say, okay, what are you struggling with right now? And knowing you're going to do the same and we're all going to do better yep. for it. And it's going to be better, you know, in, in our it's case. Karmic. It, it's karmic. It's karmic. I mean, it's just the way you're supposed to do and the way you're supposed to be, but it's not as obvious as it is to us, Lauren. I know it's not obvious to everyone. And that's what right. makes, I feel like our relationship special. And I, right. I never take for granted, but I absolutely believe that. And, you know, he talked a lot about, we talked a lot of, we've been zigzagging like we always do, which, which <laughs> is so fun, which is so fun in our conversations. Right. Plus, plus anyone that can keep up with us and try or try to keep up with the madness. But, you know, I think something that I really wanted to highlight, and I think you feel the same way is that, you know, bringing your whole self to work as a woman leader, let's say that comes naturally to us, you know, COVID really was an additional opportunity to double down on that because we both had kids still at home, not in college yet, that were home doing school while we were leading and running these businesses during COVID. And which is a lot of the human part of that, right? Of kids breaking in and needing me to do this and trying to figure it all out. And I think that there's a, that, getting to see the human side of my life and then just a regular old person. Like, I really think that like vulnerability that was just, I mean, I, I, I not, not that I displayed it purposely. It just happened. Like I just didn't have control that really allowed, I think my team to really see, and I think made me more accessible, which yep. in turn, I feel like creates this like less hierarchical, more community and I, I always want people to provide feedback. Like I, I never want to be the leader where someone's scared to provide feedback, scared to speak their mind. Right. And that it's a very psychologically safe place so that people, when there are problems, like my biggest fear is that no, someone's afraid to tell me. And so right. for me, it was really awesome. Even though I felt like, oh, I'm not, I'm not acting like leader. I'm not showing up as a leader today. Oh, I wish, you know, I, whatever that, that baggage I carry about what it means to show up as a leader, it was all like just, you know, did COVID destroyed that. And I showed up how I showed up every day, trying my hardest, like everyone was. And I just really think that gave the opportunity to the team. And I think it made our culture better because I think now people just feel more like when I say I have an open door policy, like I actually think people really believe that, like that they'll come and talk to me. And I'm just so thankful for that. Well, you know, I, and you and I have talked about this a lot. I feel almost an obligation as someone who is visible within kind of female leadership generally. I mean, I tend to be pretty out there on social media. I tend to be pretty out there giving talks, whatever, to be real and to show the hot mess that is behind the 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 persona. Because I think it's it's unfair to young women. It's unfair mm-hmm. to our staff for you know for our companies to think that it 
if you think, and I, I remember looking at some of these, these leaders, both men, men and women, when I was in my twenties and thirties and going, I can't get there from here. Yes. Right? I don't know. Like, I can't be that perfect. I'm, you know, I'm a hot mess behind the scenes. I can't, yes. you know, I, I don't want to get dressed up. I hate putting makeup on whatever and showing the vulnerability, showing the, the hot mess behind, um, behind the scenes that, you know, cause I, I get people and I know you do too, coming up to you, I get young women in particular coming up after I've given a talk or whatever. And they're like, you're so inspirational. And I just start laughing because I'm like, Oh, if you could see behind the curtain, sweetheart, like yeah. <laughs> no idea. And, and, but I think that that's really important because I mean, I've even had my, my 13 year old daughter say to me, mommy, I'm not nearly as good as you, or I'm not nearly as smart, or I can't be like you. Yeah. And, and she sees the hot mess, right. But she also yeah. sees all of the pieces that have been in place for closing in on 50 years and, and doesn't see that at 13, I was struggling with just as much as she was. So I, I, I feel like it's important to talk about that. I feel like that's, you know, that's why I wanted to have this podcast rather than a podcast around how to get more federal contracts and, you know, how to be a good teaming partner and, and any yeah. of the topics that you and I could talk about. And even, you know, you and I have talked a lot about leadership in the public sphere, but I really wanted to talk about how to be an authentic female leader. Yeah. How we manage this stuff. Cause it's hard, like yeah. really, really hard. And, you know, I've got, and I know you do too, aging parents that are in crisis on a fairly regular basis. I've got, yeah. you know, a, a 13 year old and an 11 year old who need lots of time and, and there's not possibly enough time in the day to yeah. manage everything and do it well. And so, you know, there's, there's all the tips and tricks that you hear, you hear, you know, outsource everything you can, don't worry about certain things, whatever. And those are all really important. Yeah. But I, I, that's the conversation that I think it's important for two kind of fairly visible female leaders to have during Women's History Month. Yeah. Be honest about it all. I mean, just be, just be brutally honest. I mean, I think just being so real in all ways is so important and being authentic and showing kind of those sides that you're not like so proud to show. Like I think about, you know, social media and yes, you know, and how hard it is for young teenage girls. It's, you know, all the stats that they're showing about Instagram. And but I also think like it's hard for us too sometimes, like, yeah. you know, and, and I think about that, like, you know, I think there's an assumption that you're so super confident when you're a female leader and you must be so confident and and that you just have it all figured out. And I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I, I remember I called like, you and I were talking and I reached out to you and I was like, I'm just feeling like yes. a little unsettled here. Like there's these things on the horizon, like this year, there's like so much good stuff happening, but there's so much unknowns that I haven't like ever encountered before. And like, is it, I just needed reassurance that like, it's okay for a leader to feel this way. Like it's okay that it didn't mean that Oops, it's time for Jenny to stop being the CEO of Partner Forces because right. I've hit this wall and it means I'm not the right person to lead the company to the next level. And I think we had maybe a 10, 20 minute conversation 
Yep. And all you did was share that you've had the same feelings. Plus be my hype woman, gave me a little hype, hype talk. And I was on my merry way. Right. And so that was so, that was such a small time out of your day, but I know you're so busy. So I value it so much, but I'm just so thankful for that. And I, and you know, you know, talk about, you know, talking about tips and tricks, like, you know, I do have tips and tricks and like, it is, it is connecting and being real and establishing these relationships. Right. And that has been a key thing for me, but it's also been, and I'm still working on this. And it's something that I have a lot of people that I, I lean on to help me with this is like being able to disconnect and creating space just for me, like during yeah. the day, just to like literally force myself to get up, go on a walk, call someone, get out of that mindset, just literally unplug for a little amount of time to re-energize, to get my confidence back on track to take a couple extra deep breaths. Like that's yep. something Lauren, I'm still really working on <laughs> Me too. that like I struggle with. Like I really, I, when I do it, I'm like, Oh my God, right. Everybody look how much better I feel, but it's still so hard to do in the moment. And that's my one thing is continuing to do that because I have these amazing relationships, like our relationship. I have an amazing executive assistant that I'm blessed to have to be able to afford her to help carve out my time and fix my schedule and around these moments of peace. But that that's my one thing that I've got to keep working on because it does not come natural, does not come naturally to me. I'm not I, a better person when I do it. I'm struggling with that as well. I had one of my, my friends who teaches yoga who has been on my case quite a bit about this in a, in a good way. But she actually told me, take, go take a walk. And because I get I'll fixate on something. I'll get really mad and I need to burn off that energy of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because it's just, this happened and, Oh, I'm just so mad. And I I needed to, to go away. I I need to perseverate on it for enough time to let it percolate and, and actually come to the right outcome. Yeah. An action you're going to take. So it's productive action versus just blowing off steam. right? Right. Or, or picking up the phone and putting that anger on someone that then like screws up their day, right? Like that's that's like yes. the mature thing to trying to be the mature, like least destructive way to manage that anger and frustration, which of course we have. I mean, we're competitive, we're hard chargers, we're all right. those things. Right. But yeah, that that's I can totally I need to work on that too. Just add it to my list. Because right. you don't so, want to be this destructive force to other people. And that's exactly it, is you want to be a productive force as a leader, right? But you're taking in all of, like, as a leader, you take in all the crap from everyone and stomach (laughs) it. And so one of the things she told me to do is actually go take a walk, which fine, great, wonderful, you know, movement, but take my phone because I'm not going to leave my phone because that's just not who I am. And actually like record a voice memo that I can delete afterwards, but say whatever the heck I need to say into like actively get it out of my mouth System. yes and in, into somewhere that is uh, that's not just talking to the air which i do a lot of as well <laughs> um a lot of in the car people i it's, it's a really good thing that now we have hands free because people assume <laughs> i'm talking on the phone instead of just talking to myself but this voice memo has been really really helpful i never listen to them again because that would actually spin me up more but it's, it's actively letting it record so that it's more than just ephemeral. And then I've got, I've got sayings up on my 
whiteboard and they change somewhat, but there's a couple of them that, that I like literally have almost mantras. My dad told me very early on, choose your battles. If you're going to fight a battle fight, if you, if it's not worth fighting to the, to the end of it and really winning it, then, then don't fight it. And what comes out of that for me, I've got on my whiteboard right now. Do you want to be right? Or do you want the outcome? Because a yes, lot of that's a good one. fight to be right. And then, but it doesn't matter. Like who cares if you're right. Right. So, and that, that oftentimes is a really good one with my spouse because. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one to keep your marriage intact. Right. right? <laughs> uh, and, and also RBGs, it sometimes it helps to be a little blind and a little deaf. Yes. Um, also goes along with the spouse, but it goes along in business too. And it's, I was saying, and you, you picked up on, you know, tips and tricks. Yes. There are all the, like the things that everyone puts out there and all of the magazines and all of the, you know, books about being, you know, work-life balance and blah, 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 that, you know, outsource this and do that. Don't do this. Don't worry about that. But it's so much more than just those specific tips and tricks. It's, being real, being vulnerable, understanding who your peer group is and being real with them, finding that peer group. Yeah. Yeah. And not beating yourself up over not being part of a different peer group. Right. Like I used to beat myself up that I couldn't relate to all of the, you know, when my kids were in preschool and there were most of the moms in the preschool class we're stay-at-home moms. And some of them are still some of my best friends. So I don't want to say I didn't get along with them, but I just yeah. have very little in common. And I would beat myself up that like, I'm just not a good mom. Yes, exactly. Oh, Lauren. Oh, this is a deep, right? uh, dark topic. I mean, exactly <laughs> that like, because, you know, you didn't have these feelings of wanting to stay home or volunteering in the preschool or being the room parent, that meant you weren't a good mom. I mean, I mean, I still fight with these things sometimes, like during my weakest moments when I really want to beat myself up, the mom guilt, I can turn it on pretty quick. (laughs) I think we all can. I think we all can. And it's just, but then again, you know, then I end up talking to my good friends who are stay at home moms or have chosen that, that path or, or a less, you know, a, a less kind of driven job than, than you and I find ourselves in. And they wonder, did I give up? You know, I mean, so there's there's never a, a choice that isn't giving something up or exactly or you missed out on something else because we can't have all of these paths fully available to us at all times in our lives. You're going right. to and at every turn, you're going to end up feeling like a failure in at least one of the areas, if not all of them. Exactly. Uh, which I often feel like a failure in, in all of them in any given day, you know, I'm, I'm killing it in one place. And then two hours later, I get <laughs> mad for, for not killing it in that same place. So, you know, it's, it's, this is hard stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, and it's vulnerable stuff. And it's, it's stuff that I think is really, really important for other women to hear. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm just sitting here smiling as you're talking because even just doing this podcast is therapeutic. Right. right. I wish we were on the beach with uh, a margarita or something, you know, yeah. instead of having to be in two different places, you know, states right. away from each other. But no, absolutely. I, and I hope it's therapeutic and I hope that 
you know, it inspires people in some way, right? That it shows the realness of, of us and our lives. And while we're trying to do what I consider really important jobs, jobs that we're both proud of and hope that we're making a difference, right? In this world right. somehow. Right. No, I, I mean, so hopefully what, what people are hearing from this and I, you know, might be a slightly different audience than we, than we typically have for the podcast, but hopefully what people hear from this is that this is more attainable than you think, because it is hard, even though it is harder than anyone thinks that it is. And, and every time somebody says, Oh, I, you know, I want to do this. And I I think I can do this. I I, I get a whole lot of people who come to me and say, I'm, I'm going to start my own company and it's going to be easy. And I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing because I've been doing this in this space or that space. And and I kind of chuckle when that happens, because it is a lot harder than it looks in some respect, but it is a lot messier than it looks and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the one thing I think, that would be the message that I would want to send out is that you don't have to have every single step figured out along yeah. the way that if you start from there, at least for me, if I thought I had to have it all figured out before I started partner forces, I would have never started partner forces. Yeah. So you have to really channel this, like trust in yourself, faith in yourself, have this, have am- amazing connections and relationships. And, and, and all of that was built, you know, I guess, you know, you think about it, Lauren, like, I'm just so thankful that I had been building relationships and that was always so valuable to me so that by the time I started partner forces, I was, it was time to really rely on those in a much more vulnerable way. Right. Cause I mean, going out and starting something on your own was probably the most thing that was the scariest to me that I've ever done in life. And so, but, but knowing that you don't have it all figured out and even once you're, and even though once you quote, look externally successful, there's still stuff we don't have figured out. All the time, every day, literally every day, there is something that I don't have figured out. And again, my village is the is the recipient of the panic texts of like, yeah. oh crap. And I think that it is really critical for people to hear that again. The one thing you, you just said that, and you said it earlier today as well on the podcast about karma, and there was something you just said that, that kind of tipped it off again with those relationships, it is remarkable throughout your life how much karma comes back. And it's not a one-for-one thing, right? It's not a quid pro quo. It's not, you know, we were doing a deal together and therefore we got put together and we have a a quid pro quo relationship. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that goes back and forth through, I think, I know for your career and, and certainly for mine, where I've got old colleagues from 25 years ago mm-hmm. um, who are, who I did something good for without thinking about it 25 years ago. And I don't even mm-hmm. remember doing it, but when I talk to them, they're like, Oh, I really remember that you did X for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I, you can't trace it back one for right. one. You can't, it's not like it's like, you can't keep score like that. You just right. have to trust and send it out into the universe or, you know, whatever you believe in that, that by doing good, it will come back. And I, and I just think that's so true. And then, and then like, you know, Lauren on, on that point, um, what I'm really bad at that I also have to work on that I think would, that's, I think that would continue to make me kind of a more balanced person is like, and, and not just go, go, go is 
like appreciating those moments and like stopping and saying like, Oh, Oh wow. Something good just happened. Like just revel in that like amazing moment and stop and just and think and pause and reflect. And it can be something small. It can be a young person that you used to work with or, you know, mentor that's gone out to do something amazing. And they, they, they say, you know, to call and say, thank you. Or it can be winning or it can be winning a huge contract or it can be your kid saying, mom, I'm so proud of you, you know, for doing something, but like really stopping and embracing those things, like, and really allowing that to remind you of the goodness and all the things that you believe in or principled that have like led to that moment. I think, I think that is another big thing that you have to create space for that. And once again, it relates to the going on a walk and creating space to look for those things is like, Still something that I just really, because, you know, it's so easy in this profession that we're in. It is so competitive. It is so hard charging. It is never ending. And you can just so easily get caught up in that. And yep. you have to pull away from that and, and trust yep. that it doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. It doesn't mean you're going to lose a contract. It doesn't mean bad things are going to happen just because you take some space and, and, yep. and prioritize that space. I Well, and I, I am notoriously bad at at celebrating the wins that we get. I know you are. You just move on to the next. I do. Well, I, I, I'm like, okay, we got, I mean, a perfect example. We got our, our big contract UTEP. And I mean, I, I literally screamed when we heard, which was really <laughs> professional. <laughs> Luckily the contracting officer knew who I was and, and kind of laughed at it, but I, I literally screamed out loud when we got it. And then immediately went to, okay, how do we execute this? And did not take but a second of actual time to to go, okay, hold on a second. We just did something here. And I've tried really hard to do that and actually more so make space for my team to do that because it really is important to, to actually stop and take stock and take those wins when they come and let it wash over you and let it let you turn around and go, okay, let's look back from where we came and realize where we've gotten to. Cause it's really easy to just keep your head down and keep going. And that's an easy way to get to burnout too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you've been really good at actually stopping me and saying, hold on a second, take the moment. <laughs> Like take the moment. And well, I think sometimes you have to have someone, you know, to see, oh. to be that mirror. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause you just don't see it yourself, which, yeah. which, you know, I, I think you and I don't sit around thinking about how great we are. So, you know, sometimes you have to have someone that will tell you, you know, you're really doing a great job. Yeah. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. It, and it's, man, it's hard to do because it is easy to get caught up in the hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, so, well, I think we've now gone like, all over the, this is basically what our conversation started being anyway. So I figured we would just tape one of our conversations and share it with the world. And hopefully somebody will get something out of it. But I really appreciate you taking the time today, having a, an open kind of vulnerable talk about being a female leader in this space and, and what that means and how to manage it. Hopefully this has been helpful for our listeners. I like, like you said, I think it's been a therapy session for both of us. Yeah. So anything else, it was really good for both of us. And it's really awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. Thank you. 